It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that cabbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 861 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, January the 8th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors as well as on all of your favorite podcast providers. Please be so kind and uh, leave a rating, review, subscription, tell a friend, all that good stuff. It's very much appreciated. It helps us out. Strokes my ego, which is, of course, the most important thing. And uh, let's get to it. On today's show, we are doing a mailbag. I was going to take a couple mailbag questions on Wednesday's podcast, but or on Tuesday's podcast, I don't know, some point earlier in the week. Got a bunch of uh, despair-fueled responses, lots of trade stuff, and I figured let's just turn it into an entire mailbag show on Friday. And joining me to dive into your questions is our friend, an actor, a comedian, the co-host, the host. I always screw that up. You're just the host of the Confederacy of Dunks podcast. And uh, one of the better mailbag question askers in the history of the podcast is now here with us. It's Freddie Rivas. Freddie, what's going on, buddy? Not too much. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm always pumped to do the pod and glad to be back. And that is a really nice and serious compliment for me because... I'm always, you know, I'm trying to think about the the podcaster at least a little bit when I ask a question. So, thank you very much. Yeah, no, they're they're, they're always uh, good, thought provoking, fun questions, and just very much appreciated. But we have no questions from you today because you are on the podcast, meaning the other people got to pick up the slack. But they have done so. We have some very good questions nice. questions that have come in. A lot of trade stuff, as I mentioned. Uh, and some other uh, fun things related to the draft lottery. That's where we're at right now with your 1-6 Toronto Raptors, who play the Sacramento Kings tonight in Sacramento. Uh, let's, uh, let's dive on in here to your mailbag questions. The first one here comes from Old Soul Smith, uh, a friend of the podcast. He asks, were the Pistons playing 4D chess holding on to half the league centers so Masai would have to trade for one? And which Pistons centers would you most like to see the Raptors trade for? And which the least? Uh, this is a very good question. It's a cursed question. That's for damn sure. But that's okay. <laughs> we'll spend some time on it. Um, it is worth noting, I think, this, the Pistons have fewer centers than you'd expect, considering they got all the centers. And Troy Weaver talked about how much he only liked the big boys during the offseason. Um, they, of course, <laughs> released Dwayne Dedman, who I think is still out there. Maybe the Raptors should give him a call. I don't Ooh. know. Um, or Kyle O'Quinn. Uh, that's the other one that I'm uh, eager. That, just for the vibes, mostly, because he seems really cool. But uh, the centers on this team 
Freddie, looking at the Pistons roster, uh, let's throw Blake Griffin in just for fun. He's sort of a center. He could play center on the Raptors. Yeah, uh, for considering, sure. Like, all these guys could play center on the Raptors considering what they're getting. DeLon Wright could play center on the Raptors and be an improvement over what they've gotten so far. So you've got Blake. You've got Mason Plumley. You've got, uh, bu- 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 I guess, Isaiah Stewart, their first-round pick. I doubt he's going to be available or anything like that. But who knows? The Pistons are weird. Jaleel Okafor, uh, and then they have a 6'8 shooting guard named Davidis Servitis, uh, who tall enough to be center. So we'll throw him into the book t- <laughs> into the loop here too. Um, which of these guys are you most intrigued in the Raptors picking up? I can't imagine there's anyone who's really got you uh, over the moon to potentially sign or trade for. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, a guy like Mason Plumley gives us what we need if we have to also trade them bigs back like if we can just add him to a our you know three-man platoon and he like you know let's say if he plays better than len you know he gets his minutes sort of thing so that's not I, like that's kind of like i'm not sure if it's worth it um the blake griffin contract i think is just it's just so impossible to get to for the Raptors yeah. Yeah. that I kind of, it's almost stops before it even starts. Um, Jaleel Okafor, you know, I think I'm almost like laughing at myself. God, trying this is going to get depressing, isn't it? Carry I, I on. know, I know. <laughs> trying to make a case for Jaleel. It's like, wait, what am I doing? But I do think, you know, when, when Len was interviewed, he kind of talked about, being in a losing situation and being excited to be on a winning team. And I think that's, that's the move that Masai and Bobby need to kind of look for in this early kind of, I'd say panic adjacent time for the mm-hmm. Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at least that's where I am. I'm not in, I'm not really into a, any kind of wholesale changes at least until um, we can measure this roster a bit more. Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, yeah, Okafor would be like a dime store Harry Giles gamble, right? Like, it, I, that's I still that's gonna haunt me for a while. Considering Giles is barely playing for oh. Portland right now, man, that would have been nice to uh, to make that happen. Obviously, they were playing the waiting game with Serge and Mark in L.A. and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, I guess Okafor would be a similar sort of gamble to make, even though he's had a much longer track record of not being good at all. Um, I think that's the correct answer here is probably Jaleel Okafor just because he's on a cheap contract and he's, I guess, a dude with a pulse who is tall. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of a bar. It's not great. I mean, Plumlee, in theory, would be pretty good. He is a guy who can pass pretty nicely. He can definitely finish a lob. That kind of fixes the two big things you don't have from Aaron Baines right now. There's just, I think, a strange bit of optics. First of all, you can't trade for Plumlee until uh, February 23rd, I believe, because it's three months from the time he signed his free agent contract. Um, So it's not like they could do it right now. They'd have to wait a month and a half. But the thing with Plumlee, too, is that he was ridiculed, or the Pistons were ridiculed for signing that contract in the first place. And I'm not sure if, like, to save your season, optically you want to be going and trading for a guy who was just roasted for how bad a contract he just signed three months ago. So... I guess that's where I come down on that. I think yeah. Plumlee's 
goodish and fine. And like, if they wanted to make it work, it's not like it's a ton of money to take on long term. So maybe there's something there. Again, he can pass and he can rebound, which is very nice. He's probably not going to play for you in uh, a big moment or anything like that. And he is a Plumley, which of course makes him an enemy of the people. But <laughs> uh, I guess it would make a little bit of sense if they could flip something. Maybe the Pistons are already having buyer's remorse and you could just get off. They have them get off the contract and you flip them to the Johnson and McCaw in like a second rounder and say, all right, your mistake has been forgiven, guys. Uh, you can carry on without Mason Plumley." But who the hell knows? Uh, very good question, though. In this scenario, they're ready to take back Stanley Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Like the full complete circle of Stanley Johnson has given – I didn't even make that connection. I forgot he played for the Pistons. I forget he's in the NBA sometimes, even though he's playing a lot of minutes for the team I like. Uh, he's that – Irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> that's mean. He's fine. No, he's not. I can't even say it's that. Stanimal, anyway. you know, <laughs> yeah. Stanimal's a nickname, right? That's he had that putback. That putback dunk is uh, is all that really matters from Stanley Johnson. That uh, was cool. The coolest thing he's done on an NBA floor in his entire career. Congrats to him. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, we're going to continue on. We got some more questions. Again, lots of trade related questions and draft lottery related questions coming up in just a sec. But before we get to that, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at BetOnline.ag, the number one place that you should be putting your money down when you want to gamble a little bit on your sports. If you sign up today right now for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus, meaning if you put in 500 bucks, you're going to have 750 bucks just sitting in your account there because the 250 is just put in there for free. That is an awesome deal to help get you started. And right now, there's a million things to throw your money down on. you got the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. College uh, football championship, I believe, is on Monday, too, as well, despite a lot of COVID and uh, terrible circumstances there. They're going to play, and you can bet on it in a whole bunch of different ways from the final results of props and all in between. Of course, you got NBA games every single night, too, to put some money down on as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get it on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Freddie, let's continue on here with some questions. Let's take a draft-related question right now. Um, Look, I want to put it on the record. I think it's far too early to be... You know, running NBA uh, tankathon simulations to see where the Raptors end up in the draft lottery. I think it's definitely too early. I think the signs that we saw in the game against the Suns kind of portend good things to come. If Pascal mm-hmm. Siakam is going to look like that against teams that aren't the third best team in the West and like a top six team in the league, maybe, I think they'll be just fine. Um, but for the sake of it, let's uh, dig into the tanking fun, shall we, Freddie? Uh, this question here comes sure. from Connor at Connor McCarthy. 
uh, Connor Zero McCarthy, that is. He asks, what's the best name for the tank? Kicking back for Cade? Other suggestions? Uh, let's name the tank season. Of course, we got... Uh, God, there were a lot of other ones. Was it Stop Winning for Wiggins? I don't remember that one. I didn't partake. I thought that was a bad idea at the time. And of Me course, yeah, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, let's let, yeah, let's blow it up and get uh, the, the Andrew Wiggins. That's certainly the answer. Anyway. Wiggins for Wiggins. That's what it was. Um, you know, there, there, there's all these little snappy hashtags that you come up with for the, uh, the, the, the idea of winning the draft lottery. But, Freddie, do you have a suggestion? I maybe like blow up the bay for Tampa Bay. Oh, or maybe okay. that's too geographically specific and kind of threatening. Yeah, so. and I guess so. You don't <laughs> want to work in one of the top prospects into your uh, into your into your handle here because you got yeah. Cade Cunningham, you got Evan Mobley, you've got Jonathan Kaminga. You what about work them in there at all? You could do a you could do a mobile for Mobley or mm. mobilize for Mob- Mobley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a Catino Mobley fun in there, <laughs> but that would be just weird, probably. Yeah, yeah. Very different players. Uh, my, I have two. I have a suggestion for both Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. Um, I've got uh, 15 and 57 for Evan. <laughs> That's amazing <laughs> and so specific. Like, <laughs> and I've got a stunning sham for Cunningham. Stunning shams also. I think that one's a bit of a journey for people. They're like, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, the idea there is like the season of itself is a sham because they're in Tampa Bay and they're playing with, with COVID and it's terrible. Um, and so I, I needed to find something that rhymed with cunning. And that was what I came up with. Um, maybe not my best work. I do think 15 and 57 for Evan is probably uh, a, a top tier S tier nickname for the tank, but uh, is maybe <laughs> that's just like me patting myself on my back. Fade for Cade. Uh, oh yeah, that's one. That, I think that might be the the one that the Thunder fans are running with, and like, oh, I mean, we, there's oh. no better authority on uh, suckitude than the Thunder this year. So <laughs> okay, very fair. Yeah, uh, that might be the actual correct answer. So there we go. Um, let's, uh, oh, and I should just note, uh, listener Cashton, uh, replied to that tweet and said, relaxing in the shade for Cade. It's too humid in Tampa for basketball anyways. They should take the year off and pursue other passions. Come back to Toronto refreshed. And I guess with the first overall pick, that'd be fun. Um, that'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, let's continue on here with another question. Um, boy, lots of, uh, lots and lots of trade questions and how can you blame anybody for that yeah i think people Uh, need to escape right now yeah look i'm party to it i am usually very anti-trade machine and it's been a tab i've had open for about two weeks now just constantly trying stuff because uh when you lose you become deranged and that's okay yep let's get to a question here from uh Mm, uh, Sans class at Dylan Healy asks, who are the best fits in the league to target for the starting five spot? Um, I, I think we can probably let's let's assume it's February 24th, Freddie, and we can use any contract in the league, anybody out there to try to make something work here. I mean, Marcus Gasol would be a nice fit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mark, Mark would be great. You know, sure do miss Norm- that passing. It was pretty good. <laughs> you'd get Norm moving, you know, be mm-hmm. good for Matt Thomas. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I will say, like, 
I talked about Rashawn Holmes yesterday trying to construct a trade. I think that is a very nice fit. He doesn't shoot, so that could be a potential problem considering the team likes to have shooters on the floor at all times at every position if they can. But he also rebounds and can actually catch a lob pass and can dive and score and, you know, actually finish around the rim. He's leading the league in field goal percentage right now. They could use something like that inside the two-point arc. It doesn't all have to be about the threes. And if you could run like a spread pick and roll around Rashawn Holmes, I- I'm down for that. He sounds uh, sounds perfect to me. And I dove into that yesterday on the podcast. You are also a Holmes head, correct? I am. I have him on fantasy. He's he's wonderful in fantasy, but also in real life. He's just kind of like, he does a lot of things that are important to the center position. Yeah. Which is why like an, another guy for me, you know, if it's like anyone's available and we don't have to think about all the contract machinations and how it would actually go down. Um, Pirtle is another guy who I think would fit in perfectly to this squad. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not really demanding. I guess that's like on the lower end of things. Um, Miles Turner is someone I'm like, I don't know. Like, I can't tell if he would give us all of the things we need or actually not fit in that well. Cause he's not, cause I think we do kind of need a bruiser too. Like someone who can throw some elbows and yeah, you know, be a, be a, like a, a vertical threat. I, I know miles is a little bit, but yeah. I, I am uh, a Miles Turner fan as well. I, I understand the hesitation. I mean, this is a guy who the Pacers, like, just wanted to get rid of. So, you know, I, I understand, like, okay, if they see something there, then is there a reason to be alarmed? He's not a playmaker by any means, never has been. But he is, like, one of the best defensive centers in the league. And if the season ended today, he would be on the L-defense team most likely. And I... You know, I, I guess that means the Pacers are much less likely to trade him. Maybe they hit some troubled waters and they realize the construction of their team is weird and they need to move on. But um, I'm kind of thinking they're probably okay with Miles Turner right now, considering how he's playing and what he does for them. But yeah, I mean, if you could make that work, if you're throwing away the idea of cap space in the summer and you're, you're just wanting to go after anybody who could fit i think turner would be a really nice fit minus the the lack of playmaking and i guess the rebounding is a problem too even though he's like seven foot two uh he's not awesome when it comes to that department either because demonis sabonis is just uh, vacuuming up all the boards out there when they're on the when they're on the he is a rebounding beast yeah he's a freak yeah um but yeah Turner is a, is a good one. I, I like him a lot. Um, if he wasn't so important to the Nets and them having any shot at being good at defense, I would say Jared Allen would be an interesting one for sure. Um, yeah. I'm curious. I want to ask you about this. So there was a lot of talk about maybe John Collins getting traded at some point this season from the Hawks. And I am not a John Collins fan necessarily. I think he's kind of an empty calories scorer. He's not much of a defender. Maybe there's a good defender lying in there somewhere, but it's not like the Hawks have actually, you know, implemented a good defensive infrastructure to uh, foster a, <laughs> the development of a good defensive player necessarily. But I don't know. Are you at all intrigued by John Collins just as someone who can get some buckets for a team that sorely, sorely needs buckets? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you know, I think we've kind of went back and forth on like the the spirit of the season and, you know, there is a lot of like, we're looking for silver linings and we're looking for, you know, different solutions to patch things up. So they're even, even bringing in one guy might be like, okay, that's fix number one of three type thing. So 
I feel like John Collins, you know, he'd be great for Fred and for mm-hmm. Kyle and, you know, he'd give them like a role option and for sure he does have some deficiencies and I, I guess like if you could give me the choice between him or Capella, I would probably choose Capella. Mm. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think John Collins is younger. Like, you know, Larry Nance is another guy who, you know, isn't, I don't think has that kind of upside, but I do feel like if, you know, things start to go south for Cleveland, which I kind of assume they will, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they want to get rid of a guy like him. Uh, He's like their best player. I know. <laughs> like, really yeah, good. I guess not. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, it's like, there doesn't seem like they're going to be able to trade Drummond and I, who knows with Kevin Love. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. kind of feel like when they're all, when Kevin Love's back, maybe there'll be some, but yeah, Larry Nance, I think maybe I'm just looking at a guy who's doing awesomely and being yeah. like, can he be ours? <laughs> I mean, Hey, look, if the, if the Cavs stumble here, I mean, he's got a pretty good contract. He's under just, uh, just under 12 million bucks. and He's got three years on his deal. So I don't know if the Cavs are going to be eager to move off of that, especially considering they don't have uh, players at other positions uh, or at that position. Really? I like, I guess like they have, bigs and they have guards and they don't really have much in between and Nance can kind of play the three four or five it seems at this point which is pretty cool for him and I it feels like there's enough uh love of Larry Nance in Cleveland right now that I don't imagine he'd be he'd be dealt but it'd be very cool he also seems like an awesome dude so hey you can dream why not I know right um, I mean like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm back into the the days of searching and wondering you know for the Raptors to get a three and d being like, oh yeah maybe it's, joey graham will develop hey next year is his year i swear it's happening <laughs> um yeah this i mean it's all of this is very depraved let's uh <laughs> yeah. let's let's say it how it is I it mean, really is it's just it's total it's totally out of our element and like this podcast has only ever existed when the raptors were awesome and so it's uh it's been a bit of an adjustment for me too and like trying to get my own feel for the team which i still think we don't have enough uh data or time uh, past to know what the team actually feels like so yeah and that's uh, perhaps that's important, we'll feel a little bit less eager to pull off these trades in three weeks time i think so well i think also we'll know what we need more um yeah yeah so th- i think that that is that is reason to not like you know or for me anyways for like to hope that messiah and bobby aren't panicking i mean like they're i think let the fans panic and hopefully that they don't panic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I, I think you can trust that the, those guys will not do that. Uh, Freddie, we're going to continue on. We have a couple more mailbag questions. One that's going to get pretty heavy for us in, uh, in just one second. But first I want to tell everybody about the locked on NHL preview special series that you can go listen to right now on the locked on NHL podcast feed. Every local host from across the league chipping in a six-minute clip talking about their teams. You probably are familiar with this if you listen to the NBA season previews we do every year, which are always awesome. We've done the same for the NHL, and the season starts in five freaking days somehow. And I highly recommend you check them out. The West Division's up today. All four divisions previewed this week. You can go listen to them right now. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, a 
available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Freddie, let's uh, wrap this up. we got a couple questions here. Uh, reminder, Monday we'll be doing a podcast. We'll be talking about the Kings game on Friday and the Warriors game, which is on Sunday night as well. So stay tuned for that on Monday's episode. But, Freddie, mailbag question came in from Dastardly at Matt James Shaw. He asks the very, very troubling question, which I haven't entertained a ton on the podcast because there's been a lot of other stuff to entertain so far this year, but it is a bit of a talking point right now. Is it time to trade Kyle Lowry so he doesn't have to live through the end times? Uh, I'll throw this to you first, Freddie. I know it's heavy for uh, early in the morning. I guess it's not that early. We can handle it. But (laughs) still, uh, how are you feeling about the idea, the potential of a Kyle Lowry trade? Morning, afternoon, afternoon, nighttime, in my dreams, this is always like uh, a tough thing to even think about. Um, But I do think about it a lot. And my answer is no. And it's not like a quick no, get out of here with your Kyle hate. It's more so no, because you, if you think, you know, a couple players and picks is bringing the value Kyle brings to this franchise back. You're really, in my opinion, underestimating how long it took us to cultivate this culture and how quick we can lose it. Yeah. Um, And I think, yeah, let's say, you know, we, we get some huge haul for Kyle, you know, maybe bigger than drew holidays or whatever. And, and, and we get a bunch of picks and, and Masai cashes in on all of them they're still going to be part of this new era and and we're basically still in a like back to square one kind of thing so i'd rather kyle be with the guys that were i'd rather kyle continue his like training on the job thing even if it looks a little bit ugly i think it will pay off long term yeah, I look, I think it's way too premature to entertain the idea of a Kyle trade right now. And it's worth noting, it's going to be extremely difficult for a Kyle Lowry trade to transpire because of the money he makes and because mm-hmm. the Raptors still very clearly value flexibility and not taking on uh, dog shit money. And right. so, like, yeah, you could probably construct some trades out there where you throw a bunch of contracts and some picks in. And it works on paper, and in theory, you know, maybe it's not the worst deal for the Raptors to get some assets in return, but they're not about tying their cap space up for multiple years on bad contracts just in the name of a couple extra assets for Kyle Lowry. Look, could a insane bidding war break out because Kyle Lowry is viewed as the piece that will seal any of these teams' championship equity? Maybe. And, you know, because it's kind of a parody driven league right now and there's a lot of different teams that can talk themselves into being great, maybe there's uh, something there. But I just, it feels pretty difficult to concoct anything. I mean, the teams that could most use him are like the Clippers, who have nothing left to trade. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Sixers, who are A, sort of juggling the James Harden talks while also being pretty good but also only having like Tobias Harris to send back. And I'm sorry, I don't think the Raptors are keen on taking back Tobias Harris's money for the next however many years. It's a lot of years. He's making a ton of money. Uh, more money than Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi make combined starting next season. Just note that. And he also plays the same position as OG and Pascal. So like that's not going to happen. 
It's just it's very difficult. And again, all the reasons why Kyle Lowry might be attractive just as a contract to other teams, it's also why he's attractive to the Raptors. And hey, mm-hmm. he plays like he has so far this year. It may be, you know, a bit of a heat check, a little Kyle Lowry heat check to say, okay, let's just give him another big contract for three years after the season's done, considering he'll be 35 when the season is over. But I don't think it's insane to think that the Raptors could keep him around beyond this year for whatever the next iteration of the team's team looks like, whether it's on a more depressed value per per year or it's uh or it's increased. You know, because Giannis didn't or is not hitting free agency, it becomes a lot more likely that the Raptors can just keep Kyle around and keep his bird rights and and use those to to just maintain the hopeful level of good that they should be this year that they have not yet shown. And I also made the point, Freddie, and I'm curious what you think about this. Like, I think the problem with the team is not so much like the top four core guys. I think those guys are quite good and I think they'll figure it out. The problem is that the rest of the roster is kind of butt. (laughs) And I feel like the answer is not trading away Kyle Lowry. The answer is get some players who aren't butt to fill out the rest of the roster and you're probably looking at a pretty good team whether you sneak into the play-in or whatever it is if, if this continues on for too long and you have to scrape to just get into the playoffs you know I, I would imagine if they are playing at a better quota than they are right now some team in the two three four seed is not going to be thrilled about playing the Raptors in round run one round one because of you know just everything they do in terms of annoying the hell out of you when they're at their best and so yeah I, I am pretty against the idea of trading Lowry right now talk to me in a month and if they're still this bad then I think you entertain it just because you probably can drive a bit of a bidding ward but for now I think it's uh, it's way too early to dive in there but yeah I'm curious like do you think my assessment is accurate or are the problems a little bit more endemic to the top four guys no I think it's like it's bang on and you know assuming we have the same top four guys you know Fred Pascal Kyle and OG, yeah. like those are good players on, on I'm going to say it with Pascal, good contracts. Uh, I, I mean, why, why I think he has to continue to grow and uh, well, hopefully he does. But I, if I do. He plays like he did against the Suns. Yeah. Great contract. <laughs> and, and I think like that's the way Masai and Bobby look at things. And I'd even extend those four players to, you know, I know Norm's been playing quite bad this season but his contract's still very you know well it's fun it's funny it kind of goes in and out of being bad but at the same time like norm is you know he's not like a a bad player like he's he's done big things in big moments i think him and nurse have like or you know there's trust issues there which have hasn't been great for him and i also feel like boucher deserves to be included in the like okay this is a good player on a good contract maybe he in a best case scenario is your eighth man or something and not your Mm -hmm. sixth man or seventh. But yeah, I think we have a good, you know, I guess like nugget of talent and players. And to me, it's not about trying to look at the one that we perceive to have the most value and somehow like cash that in for, let's say two or three future good parts. It's like, we kind of already have assets Mm-hmm. And I don't really think Masai and Bobby like to operate in the, you know, star player draft pick realm. They like to have players that, you know, are reliable and manageable. And I think there's a reason they keep drafting guys that have played multiple years in college um, or are a little bit older. And I think that's kind of the Raptors lane sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you, man. I think, uh, 
as much as it's easy to be alarmist when you're one in six, I think it's, uh, you know, the, the lack of any sort of context and background of the team being good this year, I think makes it seem a lot ter- more terrible. And I, yeah, I, I think there 100%. will be, there will be a, a snapback to normal, I think, in this extremely bizarre start and, to the NBA season, especially as they start playing teams that, uh, you know, don't have any players because of COVID because they're just like letting it spread oh throughout the league freely now. Uh. <laughs> okay, and can, I, can I just say about Kyle too? I think yeah. for me, an important part of this conversation is when and if he asks for a trade, you accommodate. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, so I'm with you there too. That's kind of where I'm at with Kyle. If Kyle's like, listen, I, I'm down with to be with this franchise if we're competitive and I don't think we are anymore. Then it's like, okay, man, we'll give you the Marcus Gasol treatment, pick a team, and we'll get you another championship, and we'll figure yeah. it out. But until that point, it's like, no, we're winning with you. Yeah, totally. I'm with you there. And, I mean, I've said from the start, I think this season should be about making the most of this season of Kyle. And if that requires making some maybe sort of fringy panic trades midseason to try to give him an actual earnest shot at making another playoff run, I'm on board with that more than I am. Yes, to, me too. Yeah, exactly. So um, I guess the, the, the like the other thing, lastly here, that kind of clouds all of this is the fact that the draft is supposed to be incredibly good. <laughs> and maybe if you get yourself a couple extra shots in that draft or an extra shot in that draft and also increase your own status in the draft lottery standings as the season goes on, maybe that becomes kind of an irresistible temptation. But I still think it's far enough, far off enough now that it's not really worth considering. Um, at least not for a month or so, I would say. Um, yeah, the draft yeah. for me is always, you know, I guess like I'm not like a hardcore college guy, so I start to check out, you know, the the Zyar, uh, the uh, Zyar Williams, and the I'm just looking at it now, the Jalen Slugs as it gets or Suggs as it gets closer. But I think. I don't know. I maybe because of the recent Raptors history, I'm really into these like our development system. So it's kind of like I'm I, I'm confident in it. So I think whoever we get, we can put them in the 905. And I guess maybe that's not the path to a superstar, but I think it's mm-hmm. it's a path to trading for a superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just thought of another uh, to close it out and tie it all back. I just thought of another. Uh, handle for the tank it's uh play all your plugs for sugs <laughs> okay that's wonderful <laughs> starting point guard uh chris boucher baby uh <laughs> i just like even for sugs like if it's yeah. just for sugs yeah yeah um all right man this was uh this was awesome thank you so much for jumping on the podcast oh I, man uh, thanks I really for appreciate having you me. taking the time where can people check out all of your wonderful work uh, yeah, I mean, uh, check me out on Twitter at uh, Freddie Rivas, but uh, definitely listen to my podcast. We usually record on Tuesdays and uh, and release it on Wednesday. It's on the Sonar Podcast Network. Uh, me and my buddy Matt Duncan, and the podcast is called Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Uh, Sean, I've had you on a couple times. I, I if I scheduled better, I feel like I would have you on all the time. So I'm, <laughs> that, that's like a that's a 2021 goal of mine to just basically schedule a bit better. Um, but yeah, check out the pod. It's a, it's a comedy pod. We do uh, half Raptors and half NBA questions. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Everyone should go listen to it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and our pal Katie Heindel's on there all the time too. So 
uh, highly, uh, highly recommend it. And that will do it for today's show. Uh, boy, what have I got to plug? Just this podcast, I guess. Also, uh, Basketball with Katie Heindel. We have a new episode up that came out yesterday. Uh, talked about the, uh, the, the very bad things going on in America in addition to our early observations on the NBA season and gave some New Year's resolutions to some teams. It was fun. Uh, so go listen to that. We also have a Patreon page for that podcast that we just hit our goal to start doing uh, bonus mailbag episodes. So if you want to be part of those, patreon.com slash basketball with two H's is the place to go for that. Just four bucks a month gets you in. And that will do it. We will talk to you again on Monday to talk about hopefully a pair of non-despair inducing games against the Kings and Warriors. Who knows, though? This Raptors team is a freaking ride. So uh, we'll <laughs> talk to you on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. And we'll see you then. And uh, now go and take a listen to uh, Locked on Leafs as they get ready for the Maple Leaf season to start next week. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.